This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about shawarma. Yes, we're hitting a tentpole event. <laughs> It's never happened, or very rarely has it happened. (laughs) We pulled it together for the Avengers, and I think that that says basically everything you need to know about us. (laughs) It is very telling, for sure. Um, Yeah, so for people who don't know, we're like, Shwarma and the Avengers? Um, We were trying to come up with a food for the MCU in honor of Avengers Endgame coming out. Uh Um, And Lauren, you suggested Shwarma. And that's because the post credit scenes in the first Avengers from 2012. Yeah. Um, What we hear at uh, Saber, we call this a Marvel post credit scene in outlines where we have something like that. Yeah. Um, So this scene in the movie involved the Avengers following up on Tony Stark slash Iron Man's request (laughs) that they find some shawarma. After the battle, yeah. Yes, after the final battle. And so they're all like, they're all like battle damaged and like tired and and eating shawarma. Yes, at a restaurant called Shawarma Palace. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's completely wrecked and uh, (laughs) there's employees in the background kind of sweeping up. Uh, they don't say anything. Yeah. Uh, it's just the sounds of eating. Um, and what's funny about it is they filmed it on kind of a whim um, to make Robert Downey Jr.'s line about let's go get shawarma after have more of a payoff. Yeah. It'd be more funny. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, it was already a funny line, but yeah. then they do, and it's hilarious. Right. Yeah. And but it was a few months after filming had wrapped exactly. when they decided to put this bizarre, wonderful plan into action. Yes, and that means that if you watch the scene, you, you can notice that Captain America kind of has his, his face covered by his hands. Yeah, like he's got like his head in his hands, and like it plays as he's just like that exhausted. Yeah. But— but it's uh, because he was wearing a prosthetic to cover the facial hair that he had grown for Snowpiercer. <laughs> and I remember reading, I don't think this is true, but I remember reading somewhere that one of them, I think it was Captain America, was wearing like, they weren't as buff as they oh, normally sure. are. Yeah. Because you don't want to, I mean, it's difficult to maintain. Absolutely. I, yes. So that they were like wearing their own uh, <laughs> like costume that you could get as the muscles in it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Uh, <laughs> um, but sales of shawarma did go up after this movie. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, local uh, American shops reported like like up to like an 80% increase, I think I read somewhere, in sales. I can say after doing this episode, uh, definitely going to—I've got a massive craving. Oh, yes. Mm. This is a serious one indeed. Yes, and we're also going to be talking about euros, which is fitting because of all the super euro puns. Oh. You're welcome. And uh, doner kebabs, but those don't have a punny thing that I'm <laughs> I off mean, the top of my head. Anyway. Yeah, we'll have to put some. We'll workshop that. Yeah. And <laughs> another side note before we get into this year, as listeners probably know, every year I go to Dragon Con, which is this big nerdy convention. And because of the intersection of, like, my love of food and nerddom, I've become <laughs> a connoisseur of the restaurants in that area. Oh, yeah. And through this, I discovered a place where you can get shawarma inside Peachtree Mall, which, according to Yelp, is the number one restaurant in Atlanta. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's not where I would have even remotely <laughs> guessed. I'd never heard of it. Um it is good. I go oh, every yeah. year. The owner, he always gives out a lot of free samples, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Viva by Camille, and that place has single-handedly sustained me through many a Dragon Con. <laughs> um, also, they always have the best, like, nerdy, punny signage around Con Weekend. Uh, they leaned hard into the Avengers thing that year. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of Euros around Atlanta, but that's the only shawarma I've ever had around here. Yeah, I ha- Cafe Agora has some, and then... For some reason, uh, Georgia Tech, the, um, I always forget the name for those places. <laughs> the place where you gather to eat food. Cafeteria? <laughs> Isn't there another name? <laughs> anyway, uh, there, <laughs> there's always shawarma there. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was a frequenter of the shawarma. But this about brings us to our question. Shawarma. What is it? Well. Shawarma is a dish consisting of slices of seasoned grilled meat. Those slices are shaved off of a a stack of meat, Um, the stack often being shaped into an inverted cone that is cooked on a spit in a vertical rotisserie. The spit spins, uh, slowly turning the stack and exposing it to the heating element in the back of the device. And the the inverted cone shape helps continually baste the outside of the stack in in fats and juices running off of the thicker top of the cone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, uh, the the chef can shave off thin, wide slices from the surface of the stack, usually in vertical strips. But before all that happens, you have to prepare the meat. Indeed. And the meat can be a number of things. Uh, Chicken or turkey, lamb, beef or goat are all popular um, or some combination thereof. The cuts tend to be fatty to help with that 
self-basting process and sliced kind of medium thick to ensure they neither dry out nor fail to marinate and cook through properly, I've read that about two-thirds of an inch thick is ideal. It's about 1.6 centimeters. Very precise. Mm -hmm. The meat is marinated with seasonings for at least several hours. Uh, recipes vary, but the common ones I've seen include garlic, cumin, allspice, turmeric, cinnamon, paprika, and of course salt and pepper, plus olive oil, and then sometimes an acid like vinegar or um, lemon or lime juice. That long marination helps draw the seasonings into the meat as water transfers out. And yeah, once it's marinated, uh, the stacks are often made with the fattiest pieces on top or sometimes with a pure fat cap up there to, again, help with that auto-basting process. Mm -hmm. The stacks are kind of pressed in tight and uh, continue to smoosh together as they cook. All these scientific terms on savor. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yes. But yes, so the result is uh, thin shaved slices that may consist of a few different kinds of this highly seasoned meat um, with a contrast of textures in each slice, like near crisp from the heat of the grill plus more tender bits that haven't been exposed to his direct heat and all of it just deliciously fatty and juicy. Mm -hmm. uh, the slices can be served as a wrap or sandwich in a flat leavened bread like pita or lavash and uh, topped with a number of toppings or plated with rice or couscous and uh, salads or vegetables. That reminds me of, uh, we kind of accidentally did a semi-softly related to Avengers episode with Paprika. Oh. Because in Civil War, <laughs> Scarlet Witch was like, yo, Vision, I need to go to the store and get Paprika. He was like, no. <laughs> That's essentially what happened. It I, is. It is. Yeah. And we were and we were trying to think of what the superhero for Paprika would be. And uh, oh, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting their screen name right now. But uh, but a nice listener wrote in on Twitter and and was like was like clearly <laughs> yes. like like Paprikash is the like the Avenger. Yeah, Scarlet yeah. Witch is the superhero of Paprika. We. What a misstep in not mentioning that in that episode. <laughs> um, it was. It was. But, hey, we're, we're covering it now. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, if we look at shawarma versus the gyro, they do have a lot of similarities. Both entail meat cooked in its own juices, shaved from a slowly rotating cone as it roasts all day long. They both share an ancestor, the doner kebab. The main difference is the type of meats where shawarmas um, pack down slices of meat with a longer marination time compared to gyros. And a gyro is a blend of meat, typically lamb and beef trimmings in the United States or pork in Greece, that is formed into a loaf with breadcrumbs, water, oregano, and roasted on a spit, shaved off and served in a Greek pita topped with tomatoes, onions, and tzatziki, which is a cool yogurt-based sauce with cucumbers, olive oil, salt, garlic, and other seasonings. Mm -hmm. However, it does vary by country. In the UK, it's often served with curry. In Spain, it might come with falafel or maybe fried eggs, things like that. There's one in Turkey topped with boiling butter. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, the toppings and seasonings with shawarma is more flexible. Um, tabbouleh, hummus, tahini, fatouche, cucumber, not tzatziki for fear of overpowering the flavor of the marinated meat. Yeah, uh, lots of possibilities for shawarma around the world. Uh, a grilled or fresh tomato and onion, shredded lettuce, hot chili sauce, yogurt, garlic sauce. I, I've seen some recipes that recommended tzatziki. <gasps> I know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just read <laughs> strong opinions about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no I know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there that that is a thing that some humans do. We report the things that we find. Yes. Yes. And I saw a couple places that uh, 
recommend serving with fries, like not like on the side, but, but like in the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, excited. I love a I love a sandwich with the fries in it. <laughs> so Speaking good. of is a great segue. Let's talk about <laughs> nutrition. Uh, you know, it, it depends on what kinds of meat you use and your portion size and your toppings and what starches you include. Honestly, uh, the toppings are usually what get you with any dish like this. If you stick with vegetable-based stuff, you'll you'll have a healthier shawarma experience. Um, (laughs) But I mean, like, there's a good reason why kebab joints selling shawarma-type wraps are really popular with late-night bar crowds the world over. Um, They provide a burst of carbs and then this huge punch of protein and fats. And, and yeah, these things will keep you going. Yeah. Good times. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I did read a reporter uh, for the Toronto Star sent a popular shop's shawarma with the works off to a lab. Oh, no. <laughs> to see exactly what it was pulling. Um, yeah, so this was this was a big old sandwich topped with a lettuce, tomato, pickle slices, red cabbage, onion, sauerkraut, hot pickles, hot sauce, red eggplant, baba ganoush, and tahini. Wow. It came in at 1,215 calories. And 73 grams of fat. Whoa! <laughs> that is certainly your daily intake of recommended fat. Yes. And bumping right up against, <laughs> yeah. like, your daily recommended of calories in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing also weighed, like, like 1.3 pounds, like a little bit under 600 grams. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, if, if you're getting something of that size, like, split it with a friend, eat a salad. <laughs> These are our recommendations mm-hmm. for you. Official dietary recommendations. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. Mm. Never take never take advice from us. <laughs> yeah, generally no. Or at least get a second opinion. There, there you go. That's much that's much nicer. Yes. <laughs> Always a big fan of second opinions. <laughs> if we look at numbers, some Euro producing companies churn out enough meat to make six hundred thousand sandwiches. A day. In 2009, it was estimated there were 50,000 vertical broilers across the United States designed for cooking gyro meat. Yeah, I couldn't find any shawarma numbers in the United yeah. States as hard – like all of it was just Avengers related, which was adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a strange world we live in. It is. Um, from my experience in Europe, seeing them on every street corner. Shawarma? In, yes, yeah. in big cities. Or, or like gyro – Stands. Okay, yeah, um, just like some kind of vertical meat grilled product. Yes, cool. uh, very popular for lunch, and yeah, like you were saying, very popular drunk late night food. Donair kebab sales in Germany comes out to 3.5 billion euros. Germany is leading the world in kebab consumption, and there are 17,000 kebab purveyors in the country. And we'll get into why a bit later. Yeah. They have more kebab stands than the combined number of Burger Kings and McDonald's in that country. Yeah, uh, they sell about 400 million Donaire kebabs every year in Germany. Um, that's that's enough for for about about five per person. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Um, fun with terminology. Until we did this episode, I definitely thought that kebab was a thing on a skewer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and although that is a type of kebab, the word is way more general than that, and is closer to meaning a thing that is grilled or roasted. So, we. The more you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're learning. We um, are. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, across Europe, the kebab industry employs over 200,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So indeed. <laughs> um, that about brings us to our history segment. But first, it brings us to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. 
episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so the doner kebab goes back to the 18th century maybe the 19th century, uh, Turkey, or perhaps the Middle East. Um, That name, doner kebab, literally translates to rotating grilled meat. Chefs realized that suspending the meat meant that the fat dripped into the fire, which made the flames jump up and cinch the meat. So they turned it vertically. Yeah. Yeah. And this idea of turning the meat vertically, um, some people think, came from a chef out of Borsa, Turkey, by the name of Iskender Afandi. Um, One fun story actually attributes the invention to soldiers of Alexander the Great who would use their swords to skewer meat and roast it over an open fire. I suppose it depends on how you define invent (laughs) because I'm pretty certain (laughs) that since people, uh, we've been roasting meat over fire way before the 18th century and way before then. Oh, yeah. Um, Evidence of using skewers to roast meat dates back to prehistory like yeah we had skewers of meat before we had writing right before we had yelp reviews um <gasps> but yeah 
one of the stories goes that that the vertical grill was from 1870 out of Barca. Yes. But whatever the case, when the doner kebab made its way to Greece, the Greeks called it gyro, which also means turn. And the Greeks also, most likely, put their spin on it. At or around the same time as it was making its way through the Middle East, it took on the name shawarma, deriving from a Turkish word for turning. Pretty much everywhere the Ottoman Empire had any influence, there is a version of shawarma. One interesting example is tacos al pastor. Between the 19th and 20th century, upwards of 36,000 people that had been under Ottoman rule immigrated to Mexico. Records show that restaurants serving shawarma existed in Mexico by the 1930s. And the children of these immigrants who had grown up in Mexico started opening their own restaurants, incorporating elements from both these cultures. For their meat, they swapped out for the more easily available pork, which was marinated in a red chili sauce, placed on a rotating spit, roasted, and served as tacos al pastor. Al pastor means in the style of the shepherd, a reference to the lamb typically used in euros and shawarma. Future episode. Yeah. For sure. But I thought that was really interesting. Definitely. And remember that number from Germany at the top. Well, people of Turkish descent make up the largest minority population in Germany. Another thing, if you remember, um, the Siege of Vienna that we keep talking about in our Baked Goods episodes. Yes. <laughs> um, namely, pretzels and croissants. Um, so, the siege, this this. It was the second siege of Vienna, technically, but it, this was in uh, 1683. And the, yeah, the Ottoman Empire besieged Vienna. There was a huge battle. The Ottomans lost. Hundreds or thousands of Turkish people who had been part of the war effort wound up staying either by force or by choice and settling in Germany. And, yeah, that was the seed of the Turkish-German population. But a bunch of other wars and trade agreements and worker incentives over the centuries would bring a huge population in. It is the largest Turkish population outside of Turkey. And because of that, there is a legend that a Turkish immigrant named Kadir Nurman invented the doner kebab in 1972. I would say probably not, but, you know, um, in this version of the story, Nurman got the idea after working for a few years in his new home country, Germany, and coming to the conclusion that there weren't a lot of lunch options for workers. Inspired by the Turkish dish of meat skewers with vegetables and rice, he came up with the idea of stuffing these ingredients in durum bread to make it more portable. There's so many stories like that where it's like, just convenience. Yep, just boop. Just boop it. Just boop it. Mm -hmm. All all the terms, all the time. (laughs) Two other Turkish immigrants in Germany claim to have invented it as well. Uh, Also around the 1970s. And why, you may say, do all of these origin stories come from the 1970s? Indeed. Well... Germany saw a recession in the early 70s in which a lot of workers and perhaps especially Turkish folks who had immigrated there on like work visas of a sort after World War II, um, a lot of workers got laid off. And left to their own devices, apparently a lot of the uh, Turkish people started opening up kebab shops. Makes sense to me. It does. Euros have been on menus at Greek restaurants in the United States since at least the 1970s. And this is about the time the cones for making euros were first being mass produced. Uh, right. Yeah, because you have to kind of form, unlike the stack of meat for a shawarma, you, you have to kind of pack your euro meatball on more of a form form thing. Mm, <laughs> George Apostolou claims to have served the first euro in the United States at Chicago's Parkview restaurant in 1965. 
About a decade later, he went on to open a manufacturing plant called Central Euros Wholesale. According to him, the venture made him and his brother millionaires in just two years. Mm -hmm. Peter Parthenis claims to have gotten to the mass production of Euro equipment a couple of years earlier in 1973 with Euros Inc., his original idea was for rotisseries, but he soon pivoted to rotating meat. The first of his years were shipped out of Chicago, and they went to Atlanta on a Greyhound bus frozen in a box. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. But wait. Oh. <laughs> oh, indeed. <laughs> Andre Papatonio, uh, founder of Olympia Food Industries, claims that John Garlic, real name, <laughs> John Garlic, <laughs> was behind the first Euro manufacturing plant in the United States. <laughs> Garlic came to Chicago looking for a partner for his Milwaukee-based Euro plant. And I love this quote from Papatonio about Garlic. He was like a phantom. He came out of nowhere. <laughs> That's so great! <laughs> he does sound like a mysterious fellow. An article from the Milwaukee Sentinel from 1978 describes the plan of John Garlic to make a sort of SeaWorld-themed restaurant out of a municipal pool he'd purchased and some well-trained dolphins. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, no. <laughs> Mrs. Garlic alleges she got uh, the idea for this gyro plant after seeing the shaving of gyro meat on an episode of What's My Line? And she called up the operator and asked for the number of a Greek restaurant in New York. But the operator advised her to go to Chicago, where there was a large Greek community. Ah. I love so many things about this story. Yeah. Mr. Garlic, who had been selling Cadillacs, decided to go all in on gyros. And they got a recipe from a chef in Chicago, rented an old sausage factory, and got to work with the first assembly line gyros. Mrs. Garlic says they Hulk smashed it. Not really. But <laughs> got to put in some, some Avengers throwbacks in there somehow. <laughs> yep. Eventually, the Garlic sold the business to Parthenis. And from what I read, they actually opened that Dolphin restaurant. What? Somebody, please, oh. <laughs> confirm or deny this. <laughs> oh, there, there has to be some kind of animal welfare. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Uh Meanwhile, um, London's first doner kebab place may have opened in 1966. Shawarma also became more popular and common during the 70s, and not just in the United States, but in Canada as well. Skipping ahead to 2010, Germany held its first doner kebab industry fair. Uh, producers of everything, everything doner showed showed their wares from refrigeration systems to grills to shrink wrap to chef uniforms to an automatic doner shaving robot that can that has a little digital camera so it can so it can see how how like 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 what parts of the of the roast are ready and yeah. like and like where to slice it can slice up to two portions of doner kebab per minute. So that should be. The final thing of Endgame. You think like, oh, Thanos is defeated. And then this shawarma, this donair kebab robot uh, goes all Ultron. Yeah. And then it brings it full circle. Oh, man. They have to fight their greatest enemy. <laughs> the kebab robot. Yes. 
Maybe that's what happens. I haven't written down my theory yet. I'm going to do it tonight, but okay. maybe. Well, if the, if this turns out to be a spoiler, we're <laughs> sorry. We're sorry. We, we can't help that we <laughs> were just tapped into the minds behind the Avengers. <laughs> it's obvious, really. Um, and this brings us to another version uh, we need to talk about uh, of the Euro, the Donair Kebab, the Halifax Donair out of Canada. Mm-hmm. So many of you have written in about this. Oh, yeah. This is the official snack of Halifax as of 2015, and this is the outcome of a 43-page report that found that. Wow. Um, And from what I understand, you often find it inside pizza shops. For those that don't know, a Halifax Donaire is a pita stuffed with shaved roast beef, formed into a loaf and roasted on a spit, uh, and then shaved, sautéed, and topped with onions and tomatoes and a sweet from condensed milk and sugar, and garlicky sauce, although that garlicky thing is uh, contested. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also contested are any other additions. <laughs> that is very, very controversial. As a legend has it, the Halifax Donair was invented by one Peter Gamulakas in the 1970s. He had migrated from Germany where he sold Greek euros. He tailored it a bit, and pretty soon Halifax in love with it. And the sauce is a great example of immigrants adding sugar to try to appeal to Western palates. I've read a lot of examples about that sure. recently with um, like particularly Chinese food. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And despite being a beloved late-night food, Halifax Donairs have started making their way into fancy restaurants. And the Donair sauce is sometimes put on burgers and pizzas and often used as a dipping sauce for Garlic fingers. What's a garlic finger? It, to me, it looks like breadsticks. Oh, okay. But okay. That, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> you can buy um, DIY kits in grocery stores in that area, which I love, and it is becoming easier to find across the country. Another thing I love is that the Food Network posted a recipe for a Nova Scotia-inspired donair. <laughs> And it caused some Twitter outrage. Someone posted that a new local insult was, you're authentic as a Food Network donor. Oh, heck. Yeah. Also, I love this tweet that I found. One time when I was drunk, I left an uneaten donor in a cab, so I called every cab company at 3 a.m. asking if they had found my missing donor. I hope they found it. I hope they did. I mean, you just sometimes you get a sandwich and you really need that sandwich and then you can't eat it for some reason and it's the worst. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. I appreciate the determination. Absolutely. The persistence. <laughs> there was a pop-up in Calgary, Canada recently for um, Halifax Stone Airs and it attracted just so many people like ours. Three-hour, four-hour wait. Oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, not—I mean, I don't know. It depends the on— The love of it is Yes, lovely. the love of it is lovely. Yes. Um, there is a new schmancy development in Manhattan um, that has a big old sculpture architectural thing in the center. Mm-hmm. I promise this is related. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's this sort of like pine cone-shaped honeycomb of, of stairways that you can climb to look out over the area. It rises like 15 stories high, and it's all got all this shimmering metal and glass. It's really beautiful. The, the area, um, Hudson Yards, is is being called like a the billionaire's playground. And this sculpture thing has been unofficially but pretty firmly dubbed the shawarma. <laughs> because it, it looks, that's what it looks like. 
It looks like a big old metal shawarma. Um, <laughs> Henry Grabar, writing for Slate, called it the $200 million rotisserie reverie. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I like rotisserie reverie. Right. <laughs> I have had a number of rotisserie oh. reveries in my life, y'all. <laughs> Indeed. I think we can relate. Uh, also, King of Donair follows us on Twitter. Hi, King of Donair. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a 24-7... Donair, like Halifax Donair yeah. cam. So go check that out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, I am, I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Ever since we've been researching this one, I it's been on the brain. Yes. Always back there. Very, oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Con is so far away. I'm like, <laughs> why would I ever go to Peachtree Mall if it's not Dragon Con? It's true. That area is not a... Not a place you go. It's not. It's not a. It's not common on my stops anyway. Yes, yes. It's kind of the touristy area of town. Yeah, yeah. It's where all the big hotels are downtown. Yes. Yeah. It, why? That's why Dragon Gun is but, there. Right. Sure. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. It all makes sense. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that about brings us to the end of this episode. Um, I I appreciate you all sticking with us till the end of the line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was like a deep cut. Avengers that deep, was cut. A deep cut. Oh, I, I every year I go to Dragon Con just as Bucky, and I sing that at uh, karaoke, and like one person. <laughs> but it's all for that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. This one's for you, buddy. <laughs> Y'all see each other. It's mm-hmm. good. It's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we do have a little bit more for you, but uh, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. 
We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with... Oh, yeah. Hulk smash. Hulk smash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so pumped. All right. <laughs> Sam wrote, a little bit late to the party, but I'm currently listening to the Pavlova episode, and I am aghast. Aghast? Aghast. Well, my feelings are mixed. <laughs> I had actually thought the Pavlova was Russian after Anna Pavlova for a long time, much to the chagrin of my Kiwi boyfriend, <laughs> who I had heard wax lyrical about the genius invention of the Pavlova by his fellow New Zealanders. One such time was when he came to my parents' house for Christmas for the first time and insisted that I leave the oven on while we drived the pavlova out. The trained pastry chef in me was skeptical, but of course, because he has such a sweet tooth and, in his words, comes from the pavlova motherland, I begrudgingly (laughs) trusted him. Cut to pulling out a burnt and blackened pavlova and having to start again. All was not lost as we had all the fruit from beforehand, enough cream and eggs to make more, and the middle of the pavlova could be used almost like marshmallows and hot chocolate when we peeled off the burnt bits. (laughs) He told me later that he had actually never made pavlova from scratch and that when he was at home, he would normally just buy the pre-made shell. When listening to the episode and you announced that the pavlova probably came from neither Australia or New Zealand, I was thrilled because finally, after four years, I had been vindicated. <laughs> but then it turned out I was also wrong. The emotional roller coaster came full circle when it turned out that it was a Brit after all that drama. I came from the pavlova motherland all along. <laughs> Tips for pavlova from someone who does know is to turn the oven off and after a few minutes to prop it open with a wooden spoon. If you keep it wide open, then you end up with a huge crack down the middle, which, while unattractive, also makes it difficult to keep the fruit setting on top. I like a Swiss meringue base, cream with a bit of creme fraiche to give it a bit of a tang. Then I top it with 10 peaches and raspberries and drizzle over raspberry cherry coulis made with some of the uglier raspberries (laughs) and the syrup from the peaches. Sometimes I even like to put sugar over the peaches and caramelize them with a blowtorch like I would creme brulee for another texture. Ooh. The first time I made this one was, of course, immediately after the Great Pavlova Fire of 14, (laughs) which I finished with a smug look and a snide remark to my boyfriend. To his credit, he came up with the idea for Pavlova in the first place, and he makes the most amazing Negronis. Oh. Uh, I think that balances out. It absolutely does. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) Um, Rachel wrote, If your Seder attendees are not too strict about eating a dairy dessert after a presumably meat meal, Pavlova makes an absolute banger of a Passover dessert. I started making them when I was in high school after searching for something that I could make that would be a little change from packaged macaroons, dried fruit, and my grandmother's famously weird Passover sponge cake. I use potato starch in the meringue since corn is not kosher for Passover. Everyone I've ever served it to has loved it, but post-Seder, it's a showstopper. Ah, 
I bet. Yeah. I love, I I gotta say, I want to know more about your grandma's famously weird Passover <laughs> sponge cake. <laughs> famously weird is a, what a way to be described. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! I hope if 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 I were gonna have a tombstone, I would I would want that famously weird. Famously weird. Nice. That that would be a good one. Yeah. Hmm. Putting that in my pocket. <laughs> yes, as you should. <laughs> Thanks to both of them for writing to us. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and that other one, Twitter at. SaverPod. We do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thank you to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.